More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are at CPAC 2023, and I can tell you there is good news and there's caution. Let me give you the good news first. There is energy for this presidential election coming up. That I can promise you. Now, there could be a civil war that is breaking out. The civil war that is breaking out is one that you can see it, and I say keyword could, and that is between Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump. I'm going to say it here today. I want to make it clear. Uh, there has not been an announcement yet on DeSantis. It doesn't matter. Ron DeSantis running for president of the United States of America. There. I said it. Mark your calendar. March the 3rd, you're going to, I want you to make sure you remember, I told you Ron DeSantis is running for president. Now, this week is going to be one of the most important weeks politically for every candidate. And let me explain the, 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 basically the lay of the land. This week, there's something that's very interesting that's happening. Club for Growth, which is the financial uh, more who can win and who should we put our money behind organization. They're financial. They're just like, how do we get to the, how do we win? How do we get a conservative or how do we get anybody elected that's a Republican? And how do we coalesce our money behind each other, high donors, so that we're not fighting against each other, wasting all of our money during a primary? These are the guys that also can give you a Mitt Romney, a Jeb Bush, a John McCain. That's something you do need to understand. There's then the activist movement, which is certainly here at CPAC. We're talking about the people that actually knock on doors and post things on social media and share podcasts and go out the grassroots activists and organizers, the people that maybe can't write a check for 500000 to a political action committee, a PAC, but they certainly are going to be there smiling, dallying on the phones on Election Day and putting out yard signs and door knocking. They're the grassroots people. These two worlds are colliding within a four-day period, which is very interesting, okay? I don't look at them as competing groups. Let me explain why. You have to have money to win an election. If you don't have money, you cannot win an election. If you don't believe me, look at the, what happened when Mitt Romney got the nomination over Rick Santorum. I was working and supporting Rick Santorum at the time. We had no money because the Club for Growth World had organized and appointed Mitt Romney as the guy they thought could win. That's who they thought could win. That was the one they believed would win. And so they were wrong. And they were they were wrong on a level that we hadn't seen in a very long time. If you remember, Mitt Romney was a bloodbath. They picked, again, next to go around, a guy now by the name of Jeb Bush. That was a disaster against Donald Trump, as we know, and Ted Cruz, etc. So you got to have money to win. There's no doubt about it. You also have to have people that love you. We have now a very awkward situation because you have basically the same candidate 
in two different bodies. I've never seen this before in modern political history. There's usually a very different uh, disconnect between the two. Let's go back to Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. Donald Trump did not have a resume of conservatism. Ted Cruz had a resume of conservatism. Donald Trump did not have a resume on foreign policy. Ted Cruz had a resume on foreign policy. Donald Trump did not have grassroots in the Republican movement. Ted Cruz did with the Tea Party, which got him elected when he became a senator the first time. There were differences there on stage. There's differences between the two candidates. Now, thank goodness Donald Trump became to be an amazing conservative leader. No one can dispute that. He was an incredible American first president. He came out and was better than any of us expected, but we had worries and concerns early on. Obviously, he rose to the occasion, and that's why we love Donald Trump. But this time, if you put Donald Trump and Rick DeSantis you know, next to each other on a stage... What is the difference? Is it age? I'm, I'm, I'm being really serious here. What is the difference? Because DeSantis, Ron DeSantis took the MAGA playbook and applied it to the state of Florida and has absolutely owned it and killed it and won with it. He took also and led on fighting against government overreach with, with, with COVID. He was the leader of how to fight COVID overreach and the lockdowns and the schools and these issues. He was a leader on parental rights, right? These are all things that you have to look at. Now, he also, and it's very weird how politics has changed. Ron DeSantis served his country. That used to be much more valuable than it is now. Let me explain why. There are many people that are worried that if you're a former military person, you're in the White House, you're going to be a war hawk. You're going to be pro-war. I don't actually think that's the case at all with Ron DeSantis. And the reason why I say that is because I actually think he's been to war and he realized war is hell and he doesn't want to send a bunch of people into a war. He also understands Reagan policy the same way that Donald Trump understands policy. You have to have strength and you have to be powerful. Ron DeSantis And Donald Trump would have never allowed what happened in Afghanistan to happen. They're one and the same. They would have never pulled out. They would have had an air base there just to keep everything in check. And they would have never given up that territory that literally we we lost countless lives, tens of thousands of lives, defending and protecting. We should still, in my opinion, have an air base in Afghanistan. The same way that we have air bases in Germany after World War II. The same way that we have Gitmo in Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. There are certain areas strategically that you need air support and defense. The other reason why we should have kept that air base in Afghanistan, and Donald Trump talked about this and Ron DeSantis has talked about this, is because you need that country to be able to fly over if you have a problem with Iraq or Iran or Syria. Look at the Middle East, Afghanistan, and having the ability to fly in and out of Afghanistan is an issue that can protect and save countless lives and kill terrorists over there before they reach us over here. Al-Qaeda is still alive. We know that. Al-Shabaab is still alive. We know that. We know that these ISIS is still alive and well and growing because now they own the Middle East again and we're not there. Saudi Arabia is a, quote, ally, but very much needs to be kept in check. And both of these individuals understand that. Both of them realize what's going on in the Middle East. So they're the same on their foreign policy with defense. Let's look at what's happening in Russia. Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump are very much one the same 
on Afghanistan and now moving to this conflict in Ukraine. In Ukraine, they understand that Russia is bad, okay, and that you can't trust them and you got to keep them in check. The pipeline is a great example of that. And the pipeline that they allowed to happen when, when Joe Biden became president was a disaster. That pipeline should have never happened. That Nord Stream pipeline, Nord Stream 2, should have never happened. Donald Trump fought against that. Ron DeSantis would agree and say the same thing. You notice what I'm doing here. They're the same person. The only difference is age. That's it. So... How do we avoid a civil war? Because I'm going to say it again. Ron DeSantis is running for president. Obviously, Donald Trump's running for president. And if you walked in right now into a voting booth, you, and only those two names were there, how do you pick? It's like picking the difference between a, a Coke and a Coke. Not Coke and Pepsi. They're different. Not Coke and Diet Coke. They're different. This is a Coke and a Coke. This is, do you want a Miller Lite or do you want a Miller Lite? There is, this isn't even the difference between Michelob Ultra and Miller Lite or Bud Light and Miller Lite. They're the same beer. One's a little bit older. Now, here's my worry about the Civil War. And I've noticed this while we've been here at CPAC, and it's clearly been a theme at CPAC. And that is, do I, if, if I don't get my way, am I going to stay home and refuse to give it to the other guy? That is my fear. My fear is that if you're a Trump supporter and you're dug in, that if Donald Trump doesn't get the nomination, you're not going to vote for DeSantis. My fear is if you're dug in for DeSantis and you're, ne and you're never Trump or you're just tired of Trump and the Trump antics, that you're never going to vote for Donald Trump. We will destroy this country if we go into tribalism like that. Because let me tell you, the Democrats are united. I'm going to say that again. The Democrats are united. How united are the Democrats? They elected a dead guy and Fetterman in one state just to stick it to the Republicans. That's an unbelievable level of being uni united. Like, that's on a whole nother level of, oh my gosh. Like, you're dead. Yes, let's vote for him. And they elected the dead guy knowing that he was dead. It wasn't like he died 24 hours before the election. He was dead and everybody knew he was dead and they didn't care because they didn't want a Republican to get it. Now, when you think about it that way, when you look at it that way, and you realize that the Democrats will vote for a guy that cannot put coherent sentences together. Obviously, I'm talking about Joe Biden. They will elect Fetterman, who's in the hospital now. And I actually feel bad for Fetterman. I think the Democratic Party abused a, a handicapped individual. I think his own family didn't protect a handicapped individual. I think that Fetterman is a, is a guy that was used and abused by the Democratic Party. That is a problem. But they didn't care. Fetterman's not serving the people of Pennsylvania. They didn't care because they didn't want a Republican. Do I believe that Joe Biden is a weak candidate? Yes. I'm not sure it matters anymore that he's a weak candidate. I think he could be babbling, not know his name. He cannot make coherent sentences. He could be Fetterman because of old age and, and cognitive decline. And as long as they can prop him up, they will vote for him if he's a nominee. And there's no indication he's not going to be the nominee at this point. All right, before I get into more of that, I want to talk to you about Patriot Mobile. They are the only conservative Christian cell phone company in the U.S. And Patriot Mobile now offers service with all three major networks, meaning your coverage is going to be exactly what you're getting right now. So instead of you paying the big three, switch to Patriot Mobile. You can go to patriotmobile.com slash Ferguson, and you're also going to get performance guarantee. What does that mean? If you're not happy with your coverage, you can switch between the three major carriers 
for free. Yeah. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers nationwide coverage on the best G4 and G5 networks. So you can get the great service that you love while supporting a company that fights to preserve our God-given rights and freedoms. This new year, resolve to stop supporting companies that don't align with your values. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy, and you can keep your same cell phone and your same cell phone number. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. Or call them 878-PATRIOT. That's 878-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Ferguson. Get free activation today with offer code FERGUSON. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I want to go into the mindset of the Democratic voter a little bit more. And I'm talking about values now. They really don't care as long as they win. They don't care what you say, what you do. Look at the, look at the Democratic Party. Look at AOC, how extreme she is. Look at the anti-American people in the squad. Look at uh, you can sleep with a Chinese spy for years, Fang Fang, right? And still be a leader in the Democratic Party. Remember what happened with Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell was actually sleeping with a Chinese spy and, and, and hooking up with Fang, Fang, Bang, Bang, right? And the Democratic Party didn't care. Like, they didn't go to him and go, hey, man, we need you off these committees. You're really making us look bad with Fang, Fang, Bang, Bang. Like, we, we need you to, to kind of take a back seat. They didn't do that. They don't care. If you are an elected person... And you are a Democrat. That's all that matters. If you have a pulse, that's all that matters. I used to think that candidate quality mattered in elections. It does now only matter on the Republican side. It does not matter on the Democratic side. You can be dead. You can be senile. You can have cognitive decline from a stroke. And I feel sorry for Fetterman. And I mean that sincerely. But but the reality is, as long as you have a pulse, they will vote for you over the other guy. So they're united. If we are stupid, okay, if we are dumb, if we are stupid, we have a civil war over DeSantis and over Donald Trump. That would be the worst thing that we could possibly do is have a civil war where we go into our tribes and we say, if we don't get it, then nobody gets it. That is my worry. And that's why I say it now early on. These two men are both great candidates. I'm going to say that again. These two men are both incredible candidates. I love both of them. I think Donald Trump is an amazing leader. I think DeSantis is an amazing leader. I think DeSantis will be an amazing president. I know Donald Trump is an amazing president because he already did it. I know that. Like, this is not hard to figure out. But we need to make sure that we don't burn down the house because our guy doesn't get what we want, right? Like, when you have kids, I have twins. They pitch fits. One twin doesn't get something, the other twin wants. And, and, and again, it's, you, I see this happen, and I worry about it because I'm like, everybody calm down. 
either way, we're going to have a good candidate. We need to look at who we think has the best chance to be elected. That's what it really boils down to. And if you and, and there is a there is a moment happening this week where the Trump base wants to make sure he comes out of CPAC being the leader of the party still. And I do believe that he is still a leader of the party. But you can't tell me that DeSantis isn't a leader of the party at the same time. We have to be intellectually honest about that. We need to be intellectually honest about them and say, hey, we know they're both good. Listen to both of them. Talk to them. I played the other night um, part of that interview with Mark Levin with Ron DeSantis. It was the most humanizing conversation of DeSantis I'd ever seen. And that's when I knew he was running for president. He clearly was preparing for that moment. His book is all about running for president and who he is in his, in his life and what he believes in and everything else. There's, you could put Donald Trump's name on 90% of the contents of that book, and you would believe it was Donald Trump. Take out the personal stuff, like my wife and kids, right? Take that out. And Ron DeSantis' book and policy, could, you could put Trump's name on it, and you'd be like, man, I love Donald Trump's new book. You could do that, you could, and it would work. That's how close they are. Now, is this something we've ever seen before? No, not in political times. Modern political times on the Republican side. There's always been unique distinctions between candidates. We no longer have those unique distinctions between the candidates. Okay? It's just, that's just the way it is. I, I don't believe that either of these men are a bad candidate in any capacity. I love that Ron DeSantis has young children. I love that he went through the military. I love that his wife has amazing compassion for uh, issues that deal with cancer. I think they bring a very unique perspective to the table. I also think Donald Trump brings a very unique perspective to the table on how corrupt our government is and going back to his theme of draining the swamp. Those may be the two differences here. That's it. So enjoy the moment. Like, like enjoy this moment in the conservative because... What I do know is there's a lot of people that are actually inspired right now, and there's clearly a lot of people at CPAC that want to win the next election. We, I, I talked earlier, and you're going to hear this in a minute, with Marsha Blackburn, and it was obvious that she is very focused on one thing, and that is winning back the Senate, which means we need the president to win. It's very hard to win back the Senate and lose the presidency. You get what I'm saying? It, usually the Senate goes the way of who, whatever ticket wins the White House, usually that's where the Senate goes. This election coming up with a Senate so close and so divided right now, where one or two votes can make a massive difference in this country, in our future, we need to be very careful not to screw it up because Republicans screw it up a lot faster than Democrats do. Democrats are united and they'll unite behind a dead person. That's how low the bar is. They're not having policy debates. They're not having domestic policy debates. They're filling government positions based on a quota. All right, we need a gay guy. Okay, and is he married? Yeah, let's put him in charge of transportation. Does he have any experience in transportation? No, he does not. Okay, so he doesn't have any experience. No, he doesn't. It doesn't matter. Let's put him in there. The new FAA guy who's a disaster. That, 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 that it's got, Literally, this is going on in D.C. right now has no experience running and should have no business doing the FAA, but he's a quota. Let's do it. We got dudes dressed up like chicks who are giving medical advice at this administration. And this isn't now the mainstream for the Democratic Party. They're like, hey, we need... They, there was a meeting in the administration, in the transition, where they said, we need to find a dude that dresses like a chick. 
and we need to give him a job in our White House. There was a conversation about that, and they found that person. So that's how easy it is for the Democrats to win an election. When you stand for basically everything on your side and you don't fight and you don't draw lines in the sand on what you will or won't do and you just go with the trends, it doesn't matter for them who's up there as long as the only qualifications you actually I forget I'm wrong. I was about to say have a pulse. No, they elected a dead guy in Pennsylvania. So you don't even have to have a pulse. They would elect a dead guy for president and figure it out afterwards. That is the truth of the party. So if you want to know what we're up against, that's the type of unity we're up against. They will elect a dead human being to be in office on purpose. Is this a great opportunity for us? Yes. Could this turn into a nightmare for us? Yes. If Trump supporters say, if you don't give me my guy, then I'm not going to show up for your guy, that's a disaster. If DeSantis voters said, I'm never voting for Trump no matter what, and Trump gets a nomination, that is a disaster. Now, you notice I haven't mentioned any other names. Are there other legitimate names? Yes. Are there other great leaders that that are probably going to run for president, people like Mike Pence? Sure. Does that mean that they have a chance? I don't believe they have a chance. I, I really, 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 really don't. I don't believe that Mike Pence has a chance in hell. Uh, I want to make that clear. I, re, I, I don't. I do not believe that there is a chance. Like, not a chance at all. So let me just be clear about that. I don't believe there's a chance. But this is in a very important moment, a very important time in this country. And this week, with Club for Growth having their meetings... And with the meetings that are taking place at CPAC, somebody this week, somebody this week is going to have an amazing week that is going to put them into a position where they are the nominee. Does it go through CPAC? Does it go through Club for Growth? Or can the two worlds actually work together instead of against each other? That's what's going to have to come out of this week for the donors. And the donors need to understand the Republican Party doesn't like to be dictated to their candidate. And if you think you can dictate to us that this is who we choose through money, there are enough Republicans that will revolt. There needs to be a grand debate, not a coronation based on money. We did it with McCain. It didn't work. We did it with Romney, and it was a bigger disaster. And then we did it with Jeb Bush, and holy crap, was that terrible. That's what people need to be thinking about right now. So I will say to the big donors who are down at Club for Growth, I love you. We need your money. You can't get elected without money. I said at the very beginning. But you also can't get elected without there being grassroots volunteers who believe in your candidate. That's what they have to understand. The two worlds have to get together to beat the Democratic Party that's united behind dead people and dudes that wear dresses and people that sleep with Chinese spies. All right, I'm going to tell you more about this in a second, but I do need to tell you about our friends at Augusta Precious Metals. If you've been saving for a long time for retirement, you know that you need to protect your money. And one way to do that is with a gold IRA. I'm excited about telling you about a company that I actually use. I have actually worked with Augusta Precious Metals. They are different because they will even tell you if a gold IRA isn't your answer. They give you just the facts. Now, Augusta Precious Metal is all about protecting your IRA and your 401k. They're great people, a great conservative company. They're great people at a great conservative company. They understand right now that it's crazy with our economy, and it's extremely important, especially if you're close to retirement, to protect your assets because there's no time to make up losses. 
So if you've saved $100,000 or more, then you should take a look at their free guide. And you should really sign up for something that I've done. It's a web conference where you talk to a top individual about gold IRAs and your 401k. Check them out and get the peace of mind that you're protecting your hard-earned assets when you get really close to retirement. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Or visit them online at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Say, I sent you, and they will pay your fees for up to 10 years. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. All right, I want to talk a little bit more about this in depth and the issues facing the Republican Party uh, with U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn, who's here at CPAC. Senator, it's always a pleasure to see you. It is always good to join you. It, I know Thank I'm going to so see much. you once a year at CPAC, no matter what. It's like it's a way to check pulses and make sure everyone's still alive. Like, you're alive. You're alive. Uh, there is a very interesting week happening. I'm just going to pick your brain on this because I love it. And, and if you're political, you love it. You've got CPAC, you've got Club for Growth, you've got people trying to figure out who the next Republican leader is going to be. You have clearly DeSantis lining everything up. How intriguing is this moment from your perspective? Because it does feel like we have some momentum going into 2024. That's obviously good for you guys taking back control of the Senate. I'm sure that has to interest you just from that aspect alone. Of course it does. And it has been such an interesting week. When you look at CPAC and, of course, Club for Growth and uh, how we'll be there with Tennesseans that are a part of all of this. And then also the hearings we've had in D.C. this week. At Commerce Committee yesterday, we had the uh, hearing on Phil Washington, who wants to go to the FAA. and Totally uh, unqualified, by the way. Totally unqualified. I honor the service as a command sergeant major that he has given our country. But he could not answer my basic questions. Give an example. I'd play it, but I read you tell me, explain it again, because I I watched yesterday. Yes, and the fact that he could not tell me that DEI was going to be uh, something that was lesser and safety was going to be primary. I mean, this is... uh, This goes back to the Mayor Pete scenario. Right, Mayor Pete's a nice guy. I actually think he's a nice guy. I've met him a couple times. He's a nice guy. Totally unqualified to have... Totally his job in our government and in transportation. This is a worse ex- yeah, example. Yeah, this is the FAA. This is, we have had seven near misses in our skies this Recently, year. Seven. Yeah. Seven. And uh, just this week had one from Nashville to Boston, a jet blue flight that nearly collided on landing with the plane that was taking off yeah. at Boston Logan. So people want competence. They want somebody who's paying attention to details and is qualified. Just to be clear, he has no experience in the sector at all. None. He has been at LAX, he's been at Denver, and he had problems and was listed in lawsuits at each of those. So, good man, 
probably honorable service to our country. The other hearing we had yesterday at Judiciary Committee was with Merrick Garland, and I went after him about two tiers of justice, two tiers of investigation. It depends on if you're a person of faith, a pro-life person, a conservative values, you get one DOJ. If you're a liberal elite politically connected, you get another. Perfect example is the abortion clinics, the bombings of abortion of pro-life centers not investigated by the DOJ. That was a big issue yesterday with the attorney general. How angry are you knowing that he refused? Garland refuses to admit that there's two different justice systems. If you are a pastor, for example, or a minister that goes out and prays and someone pushes your kid, we have like a legit SWAT team come into your house to arrest you, even though he's willing to turn himself in for these assault charges. Meanwhile, if you go and firebomb a pro-life clinic, They do nothing at the DOJ. They do nothing. And when I asked him about that in the clinic in Nashville, the Hope Clinic, I said, you know, Jane's Revenge spray-painted their name on the building. Jane's Revenge was here. But you say you can't find these people. And his answer was so frivolous. He said, well, crimes that are committed in the dark, they are harder to find those people. And people that are out protesting during the day, you can see their faces and get those pictures and find them. And I told him Jane's Revenge is all over social media. And so my team and I are, we're going to step up and help him and help the FBI find these people. They are all over social media. Do you buy that excuse? I mean, to me, it's. It, it, I would be insulted if I was a member of Congress and you have a DOJ saying, basically, we only can really go after criminals in the daylight and we can at night. I, it was so insulting. And people know that that's not right. And I also asked him about the document request because he gave uh, the Democrats everything they wanted for the January 6th committee, but he has stonewalled Chairman Jordan and the House Judiciary Committee when they're asking for information about Joe Biden's uh, classified documents. And he said, well, that's an ongoing investigation. So I said, I well, January 6th is an ongoing investigation, but you complied with the request anyway. There again, two different systems, two different types of investigations for a very similarly situated event. Last question for you. I know you got to go. You, did, you mentioned January 6th, declassification of the documents, all the video being able to be seen. You think this is a transparency issue, obviously, but there's one question they've not answered yet. How many FBI agents were there at January 6th? How many were undercover? How many may have informed Ray Epps is a, is a name that's become more yeah. and more famous. They refuse to answer question about Ray Epps or any other people that were undercover at, working on behalf of the federal government, maybe to even help incite what was going on in that crowd. Well, that and this is, this is why Speaker McCarthy has turned over so much of that video. And it is why House Oversight and House Judiciary is working on it to get those answers. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. Yes, As it always, is. pleasure to see you. Thank you for coming on. I want to pivot to another important issue, and this is going to affect this election. It's the issue of foreign policy with China. And I want to bring in an expert who understands China uh, and, and what's happening with China revving up and possibly going into Taiwan. Gordon um, Jang is with me, the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the Great U.S.-China Tech War. Uh, he is a friend of mine. We get to hang out a couple times a year together. Always a pleasure to have you, sir. 
Thank you so much, Ben. All right, we're going rapid fire. I'm going to give you accolades. We're going to give out your Twitter account at the end, so get ready for that. But this is a guy that's an expert on China. He knows a hell of a lot about it. I love getting insight from him. So let's talk about China right now, and I'm going to go through the list quickly. Let's talk about the Captain Obvious moment, the fact that COVID and the U.S. government now, two, from two different agencies, Department of Energy and the FBI, are admitting now that COVID origins, it came from China. It didn't come from a wet market. It came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, how under, I, I mean, I'm not shocked by this. Uh, many called this three years ago, and if you said it, you were conspiracy theory. Are you shocked, though, how much our government seems to be protecting China right now and also our media is protecting China and the narrative they want out there? I'm shocked. Biden had five phone or video conferences with Chinese ruler Xi Jinping, and then he had an in-person meeting last November at the G20 in Bali. Not once did Biden raise the issues, uh, it raised the origin of COVID-19. That's something that's killed 1,120,000 Americans, and Biden wasn't curious about it. Is that because you believe he's compromised by China? I go back to the money. I go back to Hunter Biden. I, I don't understand why any American leader wouldn't bring that up unless they're, they're compromised, their family is compromised in the way that their son is with CEFE, et cetera. I think so. But I also think there's other reasons. And, you know, that Biden is stuck in the 40 years past view of China so that, you know, you try to talk to the Chinese. And I guess he feels that if he raises the issue, that they're going to stop talking to him. I don't know what it is. It's but whatever it is, Ben, it is wrong. It is strategically wrong. It is morally wrong. We're talking about Americans who have died from a disease that should never have left central China. They didn't protect the world. Uh, I have a theory on that. And they said basically, oh, crap, this thing's gotten out. And if we're going down and they knew how bad it was going to be because they knew from the lab and I'm sure the people working the lab explained how bad this is going to be. They basically said, if we're going down, our economy is going down and we're going to go into lockdowns and the rest of the world is going to do the exact same damn thing we are. So we're still on a level playing field. Absolutely. For at least three weeks in January 2020 and maybe even two weeks in December of 2019, they lied to the world. They knew how contagious this was. They told the world it was not transmissible human to human. And, and then, they knew it was. And they knew it was. They knew at least since the second week of December of 2020 that this was contagious. They knew or they should have known. And then we know that in that three or maybe five week period, they were lying to the world. So we know at least three weeks, probably five. Let's talk about uh, Dr. Fauci. When do you think he knew how bad this was? Because he was from the get go. So he knew because he had the tight relationships with Wuhan Institute of Virology. We were sending money there. And and should we have ever been sending money there? Absolutely not. Remember, in 2014, the Obama administration did something really terrific. They imposed a moratorium on the funding of gain of function research with federal money on U.S. soil. They knew it was too dangerous. They did something that very few governments do. They they decided not to do something they could do. So what did Fauci do? He outsourced this to a Chinese biological weapons lab. So that's literally why we started sending the money is because you weren't allowed to do it in America. That's right. And, and remember, there are two scientific papers, both published 2016-2017, from researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, clearly describing gain-of-function research, both papers specifically acknowledging funding from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, which then Fauci headed. Let's talk about China from a national security standpoint now. These balloons that have been coming over, 
the fact that we didn't shoot it down um, and let it do it, it complete its mission, and then we shot it down. What does that say about our our intelligence apparatus? And do you believe that they didn't shoot it down as they claim? Well, we didn't want it to fall on people. Is that a plausible explanation for you in any scenario? Um, no. Remember, the U.S. military tracked this balloon when it took off at Hainan Island in China. And remember that it first entered U.S. territorial airspace on January 28th. They did not, in the Pentagon, notify Biden until four days later, on the fourth day of the intrusion. That balloon, during those four days before notification of the president, traveled over Alaska in the Aleutians, up to the Alaskan landmass, and then down through western Canada. They could have shot that balloon down at any time over uninhabited territory. They told the president when it entered the lower 48 states, I think they could have shot it down over Montana. But, you know, then they say, okay, we don't want it to hit people. Sort of plausible, but wrong decision nonetheless. I believe that, well, if I were president, I would fire both the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for allowing a large Chinese object to transverse America, surveil our sites, and we should have shot it down as soon as it hit the 12-mile limit off the Aleutians. Somebody's head has got to go. And it's not going to. I think you and I both know that as well. Right. I mean, they won't do that. But clearly there needs to be accountability in the Pentagon because at least for those four days, when this thing was over U.S. territorial airspace, they didn't do anything. They didn't tell the president. They didn't shoot it down. Inexplicable, inexcusable. Let's talk about this unnatural alliance that is now uh, China and Russia being forced into becoming good friends and allies. Uh, it's all under the cover of, obviously, the war in Ukraine. China is helping Russia. Russia is going to help China. Uh, we push them and force them together in an unnatural alliance. How concerned are you about them teaming up together, not just from possible sharing intelligence, but also from you've got one of the most powerful economies in the world, no doubt about it, and teaming up with a massive nuclear power, which is Russia? Yeah, um they now have a durable relationship. And, you know, the Explain what you mean by that, because a lot of people don't understand what they didn't have before. Well, right now, um, China is all in on Russia. And so we can see this in any number of different ways. But, of course, let's talk about Ukraine, because you mentioned it. You know, the Biden administration says that the Chinese are contemplating giving lethal assistance to Russia. Well, they've been doing that from the very beginning of this war, Ben. Um, and, you know, I... I I don't know what's going on in the Biden administration, but they're obviously not telling the American people the truth. Now, they could say, well, we, for various reasons, don't want to punish China, but they've got to tell the American people what they're doing. Now, I believe you've got to impose costs on China for doing this because it is crossed what the Biden administration said as a red line. But what we have is the Biden team, they are not imposing those costs and they are not telling the truth to the American people. Those are two sins. Last question for you, because I know you got to run, but I want to get this one in there. What are the chances that China goes into Taiwan, and what is the calculus now? Because America's not going to stop them, and if America's not going to stop them, and we're not going to get into that war, and many other countries are not going to follow, is this really just that they decide they want to be alienated by the world and have sanctions? Because that's what it is. It's sanctions at that point, right? Yeah. Xi Jinping is trying to sanction-proof this regime. You know... We, we don't know what's inside his Which head. is a smart move, by the way, if you're China. If you're China. If you're China, it's a brilliant move. You, it, it, and 
sanction-proofing your regime means America can act out on us, sanction us, and we're still going to be humming. Right. Um, we know what Xi Jinping is doing. Fastest military buildup since the Second World War, sanction-proofing his regime, mobilizing China's civilians for war, and in October he picked what is now called the War Cabinet. This guy wants to go to war. Now, I'm not saying he will, but the point is he's preparing to, and we're not acknowledging what the Chinese are doing. Again, you got a Biden administration that says, oh, they won't even call them an adversary in the White House. They say, well, they're competitors. No, they're not competitors. They have talked about destroying the United States of America. They've been killing Americans with fentanyl and COVID-19. I won't get too more excited, but the point is somebody in the White House needs to get a pulse. Yeah. Now, give out your Twitter address real quick for everybody they can follow you. At Gordon G. Chang. G-O-R-D-O-N-G-C-H-A-N-G. Gordon, always a pleasure. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much, Ben. All right, don't forget to share our podcast. We'll be back here tomorrow live from CPAC as well, so make sure you download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio app, Apple, and make sure you write us a five-star review. And also, download Verdict with Senator Ted Cruz as we will be live on stage at CPAC. You're going to get to hear that live taping. Download Verdict with Ted Cruz. I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.